Greetings from the Murder of Grey podcast. Where we look behind the curtain of our own minds. Alright, let's have some fun. Hello and welcome to the Murder of Grey podcast where we dig through the deep recesses of time and space to bring you different moral and ethical dilemmas. Where we do the heavy thinking so you can just sit there and shake your head. <laughs> That's right. Not or agree or disagree, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And thank you guys so much for joining us on this other fun and exciting episode here. Today, we are going to be diving into an interesting topic that has different meaning for anybody or everybody that looks at it, right? And that topic today is success. What is success to you? right? Like it's different depending on the person that you ask. But when you look at such a complicated concept to understand, the actual definition itself is quite simple, right? The definition of success is the accomplishment of a purpose. That's it, right? It's super, super simple. Like you would almost, I like when I read that definition, I was like, well, that definition is very successful at defining success, right? Like it's short, sweet, concise to the point. But whenever you ask somebody, anybody, what is success, you're going to get a million different answers. And that has a lot to do with upbringing, with culture, with where they're from, all of those things come into play here. Uh, so what they measure success as, and it just depends on maybe even their place in their life or the time in their life, what they're trying to accomplish at that moment, right? Like everything does happen to change and evolve over time. So if you asked me 10 years ago, I guarantee my, my view of success would be very different than what it is today. So before we hop in too far into the topic, I just want to ask the general question. Chris, what is your version of success? Success is waking up in the morning wondering, should I put on underwear today or a bathrobe? <laughs> do I want fruity pebbles or do I want tricks? Damn, that's good goals. <laughs> I want that. Like, you know, to be able to wake up and think, oh, I don't have to worry about work. Like, I ain't got shit to do today. Either, <laughs> right? either you're so rich you don't have to worry about work or you love your job so much that it doesn't feel like a departure from your life. Mm. Um, to me, I used to think that, yeah, like I think many people that it was, you know, a successful job that it was that, you know, you had your, your friends all around you, you know, your family all around you, like you just felt complete. Uh, but I mean, that's changed for me. Definitely. Uh, I think success is just being alive personally. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're a sound, well, somewhat sound mind, you know, like being able to be fully present in the moment, I think is what success is. But 
I think definitely in my past it was, you know, be famous, be rich, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that, that American dream version of success that we were all kind of fed growing up. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, growing up, we definitely were spoon fed this different version of success, right? Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? How are you going to be successful in that role? How much money are you going to make? Right? Like our, our the generation before us really pressed the fact of investing in your 401ks and making sure that you're set up for your future, you mm-hmm. know, little things like that, which was harped on a lot, but never taught in schools on how to properly do that. So whenever we get into the workforce, we're like, the fuck is a 401k, right? Like it's, yeah. it, it, there's, it's kind of upsetting at, when looking back at it with how much pressure was put on us for those things, but then we were never given the tools to properly understand them at a younger age. So when it did affect us, th- we knew how to ha- properly handle it. But my version of success has definitely changed a lot over the years. Uh, at first, I wanted to be a pr- uh, like a successful artist. I, I always said too, like, if I'm a starving artist, oh, well, I get to create, right? Like, I, that was like my dream. And it was such a loner dream and very selfish and looking back at it now. Hmm. But now my version of success is a healthy work-life balance. I want to be able to enjoy my life, be able to explore the world, travel, and just soak in as much like outside stimulus as possible. And then like, I'm okay with going to work. Even whenever I had that crappy job, I was okay with just going to work and just doing the thing. Like I, oh, I still view myself as someone that is going to retire very late in life because I'm going to want to just keep busy, right? Mm-hmm. But as long as I have that proper work-life balance where I can dedicate the right amount of time to my loved ones, to my life experiences and stuff like that, and still and not be stressed about like the bills and all those things and where's the money coming in, that would be my perfect version of success. That like to me, that would mean I am successful, right? When I was <laughs> about like high school age to mid-20s. My version of success was, hey, if I bought an El Camino, I made it because that means I have (laughs) enough dumb money to spend on something that means nothing, right? Like that was how I viewed it, where you have enough money where you don't have to worry about anything and you can just purchase fun toys. And to me, that was the El Camino. And I still love that car tremendously to this day. And I would love to own one, but I know how (laughs) like irrational that idea is. And how little that's going to do for my overall mental health and well-being, right? And so things have kind of shifted a little bit. Like I'm more focused on mental health, more focused on like being excited about family gatherings and stuff like that. Like to me, that is a version of success. And I think that stems a lot from my father-in-law and how he handled like life in general. He had a very difficult job that did not pay well but the man was happy the man had his family the man had so much love in his life that I want like I want that you know and I think that there's a it's a good goal to have but I'm also doing the bad thing again of comparing myself to other people which is something Mm -hmm. that we do heavily 
in America. We compare ourselves to individuals instead of looking at things as a whole and how we can impact things. But that stems from the way that we were taught how success works, right? You look at someone's life that you want and you emulate it, right? And I think that's even more present today when we look at social media, these YouTubers, the Twitch streamers, all that stuff. These guys and the guys and gals, like they simulate an idea of a successful life. They get to just, it looks like they're just having fun and playing for a living, right? When we don't really know all the work that's going behind it, all the Mm -hmm. emails, the editing, all that stuff. Like doing this podcast has shown us that it's not just sitting there and talking into a microphone it's coming like when you're done you got to edit you got to do research you got to do all the stuff there's a lot more work involved behind it but it's still fun right don't get me wrong but that kind of shows like the false life of the successful influencers and how that might skew our version or how we view success as a society today for instance like look at mr beast right super Hmm. famous youtuber not a big fan of the guy honestly i think some of the stuff like while it might seem like they're doing good things i feel like they're hurting at the same time right like for instance the one one of the videos where he goes in and buys out the entire grocery store and then says he's donating it to families well what happens to that you know the middle income housing guy who just got off work who needs to pick up fucking milk for his <laughs> baby who that's the only grocery store in the area it's like i can't get milk for my fucking child now because mr beast came around like what the hell right like i would be furious in that situation <laughs> you know like that sucks but i i guess like what he's doing is nice he could have done it differently where maybe instead of going to the grocery store he went to the warehouse right where they have a surplus of things and he spent you know 100k at a warehouse and then donated the food from there like that to me would have been much more impactful it would have been much cheaper too for him yeah because he could have got a wholesale too and he could have actually helped out more families in the long run right but for clickbait and all that stuff he had to show like hey we're going to an actual grocery store and we're buying everything so There's pros and cons to that, but the big issue for me with that video and the way he does things is the flaunting of money, right? His real life squid game that he did. Exactly. Yeah, that's true, right? Like, there's so much weird stuff that he does. And, like, I just think the fact that he's able to flash cash like that and make it seem like this is the answer to everyone's problems, right? And it's Mm -hmm. not always the answer. Like, yes, money is good because it can help you accomplish goals. Like, it could help me travel the world and stuff like that. But at the same time, money doesn't solve the emotional issues. It doesn't do all that stuff. It hides it, right? But eventually, all that stuff is going to come to the surface. And I think that's my big issue with a lot of, like, these influencers nowadays skewing what success means to the younger generation, but what's your take on that? How do you feel about these influencers nowadays? Um, well, I kind of, for me, influencers, the only ones I really ever like look into and watch are really like around gaming and like, uh, like creepy or spooky stuff. So I don't really get to see like all of like the, uh, the brand kind of influencers and stuff. But to me, like looking at Mr. Beast, right? How he gives people money and all that stuff on the street. It makes me sit there and think like, it's a great idea, right? Helping other people. But he's doing it for clickbait 
which I mean, that's one thing. And you have to think half the people are going to see that and be like, oh, maybe I should give to someone. The other half are going to be like, well, he's giving it to people, so I don't have to do anything. Right. And then you have the third who are like, oh, this is how you get successful. I could go and do this, right? And they're going to get their friends and pretend to give them like $5,000. But it's like they're not actually giving them the money. You know, it's just the edited video where they're like, oh, here, hold this for a minute and say I gave it to you. Right. And that person would be like, yeah, yeah. And then they give them maybe like. 50 bucks for being in the video you know like there's a lot of times that kind of stuff is fake and i remember for a while people thought mr b stuff was fake but it's i think a lot of it is just money that keeps getting recycled because he is so famous that money just kind of keeps circling so i mean when you have that much money you can just kind of throw it everywhere Mm -hmm. but when i think of other influencers you know with brands and stuff They get these brands for free or, you know, their sponsorships. And granted, nowadays, people are supposed to say, hey, this is an ad or I got this for free, but they still get things, right? It's not like a lot of these influencers are buying it on their own and and rating it. And if they do, they buy it, review it and return it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of what a lot of influencers do, you know, especially with games. Uh, I mean, I know you can't do it with makeup, but. A lot of stuff that's at least returnable, they'll do that because that way you don't have to really spend any money as you're just getting your money back. But it seems like you see all these people like, oh, wow, they must own a lot of games. Oh, they must own a lot of like, like movies, stuff like this. But it's like, no, they're just buying it and returning it. You know, like that's something I've learned over time as someone who's been around these like kind of circles. It's like a lot of people do that which you know it, it's a hustle in itself you know because i mean it's smart not wasting your money you know being able to get your money back but it also just feels fake mm-hmm. at times and i think a lot of people see these influencers as the new celebrity right back when we were younger or even before that people looked at Hollywood as like success, right? For the fame part, not the money part, but the fame part. And now we have these influencers kind of doing the same thing. And because they're so easy to watch and you get to see them all the time, right? Growing up in Hollywood, we saw maybe actors like at the red carpet, Mm -hmm. if there was a scandal and God knows what else, like the random, like on the street, But with these influencers, we see them every day. So it's easier for people to be influenced and thinking that's what success is. And yeah, it would be nice to just sit around and make videos all day. But there is a lot of work with it as well. Like like you were saying, you know, there's a lot of work in making the video, which a lot of these influencers have someone for that. But dealing with emails, dealing with all of that, like it is still a lot of work. And not only that, depending who you are in a community, you could be also facing a lot of like people getting mad at you or harassment. And mm-hmm. that's something that really, you know, an influencer can shrug it off, right? Like people harassing them, they can be like, oh, this doesn't bother me. But at the end of the day, it still bothers them. They just need to show like a strong face so no one takes advantage of them. Right. So there's a lot of things at play that with success comes a lot of these negativities, especially when you are in the limelight 
where anybody can really talk to you. Anybody can do that. You know, it's just, you have people out there that are jealous of the success rather than thinking they could achieve it themselves. They just want to make other people's lives harder. And I mean, that's always existed too, mm-hmm. but I, uh, it's interesting though, because you, you see some influencers very humble and other ones that aren't, and it's kind of telling like of how successful they really are yeah. when it comes to that. The humble ones are the ones you need to follow, right? The ones yeah. who are just flaunting and bragging about how much money they have or whatever products they're using. or they. One, one big thing, too, that I think that is really important to remember is, yes, there are a lot of influencers and stuff who do say, like, oh, you know, like, hashtag ad or, like, we're sponsored by X company, you know. But there mm-hmm. are some who will say flat out, like, hey, I purchased this with my own money. This is my genuine response to this product right, with a lot of those unboxing videos. But there's Mm -hmm. no disclosure at the bottom of them returning it as soon as the video is done, right? So it's not really like they're, like, they're not actually wealthy. They're just have, they just, you know, I thought about doing it too at one point, right? Like, Mm because whenever I was purchasing a lot of microphones for the show to find good ones for us to use so that we can up our sound quality and stuff like that, I thought about setting aside $300, purchasing a pretty, you know, high price mic between $200 and $300, reviewing it, and then returning it, and then getting a new microphone, reviewing it, and then returning it, and making little videos like that. And really, like, to get that started, you only need $300 to do that. But it gives the viewers, especially depending on the frequency of how fast you, or when you post your videos, because you can do it daily, right? Mm-hmm. You could make it seem like you just have a crap ton of microphones at all times. But really, you don't. You're just returning the same thing over and over again. But you're giving the illusion or the facade of of wealth, right? And I think that illusion is so, like, we really need to try and find, like, a way to break through that. Or just as viewers, you need to be very conscious of these things, right? Like, are they actually successful in life? Are they happy in life? Or are they faking this to get more views, to get more people to follow them? And the same thing goes for, like you mentioned on the red carpet, how fame used to be the big thing for success, like having your name known. And you see these successful actors on the red carpet, they're wearing things like, you know, Vera Wang and like super expensive clothing and all that stuff. Well, those clothes are given back after the event. The designers Mm -hmm. lend those clothes out for them for advertisement for that designer, right? Like if you can say like, oh, George Clooney wore my, you know, Dior fucking suit. Well, a lot of people are going to want that Dior suit, but did George Clooney buy it? No, he borrowed it for the day and then he gave it back as soon as the event was over, (laughs) you know? Like, so those are things that we have to really remember and keep in the back of our mind that this is like fame and success on that level is an illusion it's not true success like in in my definition of it right like for some people being able to flaunt and be like that and be a little peacock out there that is their version of success it's just not mine right in my opinion it's not real it's not genuine like how if they're not happy or mentally stable then i feel like that's a big issue and that's not success but that's just my kind of view of it and like where I see this style of quote unquote success and fame and whatnot. So it's kind of weird. But 
one question I did want to ask is where did this come from, right? Where did this idea of massive amount of money and that style of success that's imprinted in our brain, like where does this idea stem from? Why is money the answer to everything? And why are we constantly chasing that dragon, right? And Capitalism. Capitalism is huge. But one of the things that I was thinking about was the Depression era, right? Mm-hmm. After the Depression era, a lot of people started wanting to hoard more money and then start planning for their future, being able to support the families like the future generations later, but keep it within their family, right? So that's where we mm-hmm. get like booms of like making sure the 401k is set up, like finding out ways to be successful in a job so that you're able to save money and keep it in like, you know, big lump sum. So I'm wondering if that's that could be a a starting point, I guess, or it could even come from before that, right? Like, it, who knows? It could even be coming from the idea of like kings and queens, right? Everybody wants to be that famous, that influential, uh, that level, right? Where they show like, I'm so rich, I have this castle, right? Like, we still yeah. like it could be coming from some sort of desire. I, but I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to really try and pinpoint the idea of this vision of success and where does it actually come from. And yeah, capitalism, I think, would be like the biggest aspect of that, right? Yeah. So, no. I uh, I was actually wondering that when we were thinking this episode, I'm like, when did it really stem from? Because it's like, you never really hear about like a vision of success before the depression era Mm -hmm. you know i mean it makes sense that success would be judged after the depression era because you know climbing out of the bottom it makes sense right because if you're at rock bottom the only way really to go is up so Mm -hmm. why not measure success that way and i was thinking like oh maybe medieval times it, it could be like that but it it never seemed like that was the focus, right? Like, I mean, granted, we don't have like journals from the medieval times saying like, oh, I'm a, I'm a peasant and my goal is to become a knight because for the most part, it was all like blood lineage, you know, like a, mm-hmm. a, a peasant couldn't become a king. So I definitely think like after the depression era, it really, Success really showed off. I think maybe once the TV was really around, it started becoming easier to sell ideas Mm. of success. And I also think schools really push what is successful, right? Like, Mm. I feel like in high school, it's, I mean, not only do people say, oh, if you finish high school and go to college, like, you're successful, right? Right. But a lot of people also add to that and saying, like, oh, like, you need to get your degree and do all this. And it's like, it. I honestly don't think that was really around back in the day. Like, all the way back then, I think once, like, media really played a part in showing us an image of what success looks like, mm-hmm. then we all started getting that ingrained in our minds. Because think before the TV was invented, right? The closest thing you could see is what a successful is maybe your neighbor who has a good job and helps with the family, right? Like that was your vision of success because that's all you knew. 
now that we have access to things all around the world, which every place around the world has a different vision of success, we start warping our minds into that as well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, granted, the culture of success is different here than it is in another country for the most part. You know, you could still adapt that idea and be like, oh, well, being successful is more about, you know, my mental health and my family versus other people. It's like, oh, it's money and fame. So it's, I definitely think once media became prevalent, that's when it changed, which was after the Depression era as well. So it kind of all makes sense and started like in the thirties, forties, yeah. I think at yeah. least the American dream idea. I, I, that and like the whole idea of keeping up with the Joneses, right? Mm-hmm. Like I really, I didn't think about that whole idea of the TV kind of once that started, it began to influence our version of it because you're going to see these perfect families or quote unquote perfect families. Yep. Right. And they'll have like the latest products or whatever due to product placement in the shows so that they can fund the shows and keep them running on the air. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see like the new vacuum and be like, ooh, like we need to be like the Brady Bunch because they have this, you know, vacuum cleaner and that's the top of the line one. And if you have that, then you're good. Right. Like it's little like step ups like that throughout history and throughout media really have actually led us to these influencers nowadays. It's just at a faster rate, but it's the Mm -hmm. same thing that's going on. Like in the shows, they showcased products to help fund those shows. And now influencers are doing the same thing, but at a faster rate and making it more personal because they're saying, this is my true life. Whereas if you're watching the Brady Bunch, you're watching a simulated life, right? So yeah. it's it, like that's kind of where we've evolved from that version of displaying success and what you should have in your life to, you know, be happy, right? Like it's this illusion of happiness is, oh, I have the newest vacuum cleaner. I, I'm I'm happy now because you, my house is like if someone comes over, they're going to see like, oh, you have a Dyson. Ooh, you must have money, right? Like. Stupid shit like that, which is ridiculous when you like really start to think about it. But a lot of people do judge things very quickly at a surface level like that, right? Where Mm -hmm. like you go to someone's home and you just kind of naturally see like, oh, like they have a 50 inch TV instead of my 70 inch TV. I'm winning, right? It's like I'm doing better because I got that. Well, Maybe your 70-inch TV sucks, but it's bigger, so I guess you win, right? But, you know, it's it's kind of the weird things as far as that goes. It's just, it's it's a stupid, it's a pissing contest, right? And it's just something that never ends. And, like, that's a, a very misogynistic way of, like, explaining it, right, as a pissing contest. I understand that, right? But <laughs> it's true, though. It's basically what it is. It's, oh, my neighbor bought a boat. I'm going to buy an RV. Yeah, my toy's bigger, right? Like, it just kind of becomes that, and it's just it's horrible. It's annoying, honestly. I feel like it's been like that forever. I mean, like you said, going back to old commercials, like, you know, think about old TV. Like, they didn't have ad breaks. They had ad breaks in the show like the actual actor would show off the item and use it you know and that's exactly what influencers do now you know they mm-hmm. they do that in their video and 
it's it's always been about that like who has the better item you know because there was even shows back in the day that did that where they judged other people because of like you said with the vacuums and stuff and it's it's interesting that everyone always has to compare what they have to someone else Mm -hmm. even though you know i like to think about nowadays there's so many options for items and granted this is kind of losing the image of what we were talking about but Think about this. Back in the day, you had maybe like four different vacuums, right? You had like Hoover, you had like all those other, like Orwick mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that was it. It was just like those four. Right. Nowadays, we have like 50 different brands because they're all knockoffs and like imported and stuff. So it's like to an extent, a lot of this doesn't relate anymore. It more so comes down to like, you know, the newest technology, the newest, like already really expensive stuff. Mm-hmm. And like that's sad because, right? yeah, like, like well, you know, whenever you see someone like how many times have you been asked, oh, what version of iPhone do you have? Right. Like, mm-hmm. I hate that question. Like, everyone's like, oh, do you have an iPhone? It's like, yes, that question end. Right. I have an iPhone done. Right. Yeah. But no, it's oh, which one do you have? It's like, oh, I have the 11. Really? Oh, I got the 13 yesterday. It's like, oh, good for you, prick, I guess. Like, I, I don't <laughs> care. Like, my phone still works. It still does amazing things. I can shoot better video than you because I know how to use it better, right? Like, it's stupid stuff like that where, like, you end up trying to defend your own self, right? When you shouldn't have to give a shit in a way, right? <laughs> About yeah. that side of it. It's like, who cares? Like, they're going to come out with another one next year. Are you going to chase that too? And just turn in your phone which they do and i think is kind of silly but you know like i it's silly to me and i it's probably wrong to say that i i feel like i'm trying to catch myself a lot in this episode where like i'm I'm not trying to offend anyone's ideals right where if you want the newest iphone go get it that's fine right like be you that could be your enjoyment yeah exactly if that's your big purchase for the year cool go have fun right but at the same time don't do it so that you can flaunt it to others and show off or right. Like, I think that's where it becomes an issue is. I don't think you have to keep up with people. Yeah. If it's really hurting you financially, you don't have to do that. You like, you have a perfectly good piece of tech in your hand from last year or the year before. It's still good. It still works great. It just might not be like, Oh, this one has an extra lens or like, right. Like, Mm -hmm. no, it's, you don't need that. It's kind of ridiculous. I, I don't know. Like it's it's one of those things. But maybe that's that's the that's my version now. When I was younger, yeah, I wanted the newest iPhone every year. But same. Like that's I think almost like like I woke up. I guess <laughs> or like I I fell out of that spell where I realized I need to pay my bills. I'm not gonna buy this new damn iPhone, right? But when I was a kid. Is like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll just put it on my credit card. Fuck it. You know? And it's just like, but now I get to show that I'm up to date, right? I'm current. I know I I, I have the newest thing. I don't know how to use it, but I have it, right? Like, how many people have the newest iPhone and don't even know how to use it or use it properly or actually get the best quality video out of it? Because here's a little quick hint for you guys or a little, little... lesson for everybody like the iphones actually have a lock on the video settings on them so like yes you are getting a better quality out of the box but you can be getting an even better quality 
if you go into the settings and figure things out and unlock certain things behind it where you can actually change the frames per second and stuff like that and change the the recording rate and all that. Like most of the time, especially with the iPhone 11, it was recording at 720 instead of the max 1080 what it could do. But you actually have to go into the settings and change that stuff yourself. And you can change the frames per second to make it feel more cinematic and things, right? So like there's... There's a lot of stuff that people don't know about the tech that they're buying and spending thousands of dollars on. And I think that's whenever my mind went like, I don't need to keep up with this crap. I just need to know how to use this stuff properly, right? Mm -hmm. So it's I, maybe that's where my mind shifted, I would say. Yeah, I, I, I got the 13 and I was like, I remember when you were telling me about all the different like video stuff, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Cause I feel like a lot of people weren't talking about that kind of stuff. And I felt like I learned a whole new thing. And it's crazy how a lot of people get this up to date stuff, but then don't actually take advantage of why, what's new. Yeah. Right. Like thousands of dollars learning. If, <laughs> Like for me, like I had an 11 and I went to a 13 just because I wanted something better for pictures and video. And even though it's not like a daily thing where I go out and take pictures, it's like if I want to do it, it's there. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people that get it and just treat it like a normal phone. And it's like you're willing to spend that much extra money just to like not make use of what it is. You know, like there's a lot of people out there that buy things that they only bought it because the brand successful people yeah. say, yeah, mm -hmm. brands, you know, that's another thing is that we're in a day and age where brands are everything. And, you know, if it's a good brand, people are going to buy it regardless. Even if it's gotten like worse over time, people are like, oh, it's yeah. still like a, a name. And I think this has always kind of existed. It's just with social media, it's a lot easier to notice it now. But think about like, early 2000s 90s like it was the same thing there were certain brands everybody bought mm -hmm. and like reebok hell yeah if you had those reebok, reebok you know but now reebok you know, if you is shopped like at nothing. sears yeah <laughs> yeah you know it's like oh sears ew you know you go to land's end or something like it it was just different back then but it's still the same and it's weird to think that we still are doing this to each other when we should be all holding each other up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Now, one last thing I did want to bring up is we've been talking a lot about success from a capitalist point of view, right? From the American mm -hmm. point of view. And the version of success changes depending on what culture you go to, like I mentioned earlier, or what country you're in as well, right? And I think that has to stem from the way of life, where depending on where you're from, maybe you're in a farming community, right? So your version of success is having a sustainable farm, but that also means having enough people to man the farm. And that's where the family aspect comes into play, and that's where a lot of these like farm-based or rural families have like a lot of kids, right? Because they need mm -hmm. the help on the farms. And like it, then it kind of instills this idea where y you're not like your individual success means nothing if your family is going down. Right. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it's it's something very interesting, I would say, and very different than how we view things like growing up your thoughts like how many times have you heard the phrases like you are your own person or stop worrying about other what other people think about you 
you know, mm-hmm. like that's a constant thing that's been fed to us in America or when we were kids. It's be individual, be you, right? But then if you look at some Asian cultures and stuff like that, their big thing is how other people view you, right? Like they need to be able to see you and see what you're accomplishing, but like how that is affecting your family, right? So like your actions now not only affect you, but they affect your family's view in society as well. And that's a completely Mm. different like take on success itself. It's the whole concept of big fish, small pond, right? Like we want to be the big fish. We want all want to be that wolf on Wall Street, right? And be the super successful, flaunt your money, you know, great Gatsby style parties and big giant champagne bottles just for the fun of it and all that bullshit, right? But in other cultures, like the like specifically Asian cultures, their viewpoint is something is the complete opposite. They'd rather be the small fish in a big pond that's making a big impact, right? And that's a mm-hmm. big difference to think about. And that's something really interesting to think about because that is much more of a collaborative success, a collaborative effort where a success for you is a success for your family, your country or, you know, whatever it may be, the business you're working for, instead of for us, like, let's say you do something amazing in the company you're working for, you're not looking at it as a big success for the company itself. You're looking at it as this is my win, right? Mm -hmm. When it shouldn't be that way, at least in my opinion, I personally like the idea more of making a bigger impact through collaborative efforts like that seems to be more like to me, at least it it sounds more of a good successful model because you're not being selfish in the decisions you're making. You're actually being conscious of other people and how your actions are affecting them versus how you can manipulate people to get what you want, right? If I, I don't know if I'm fully explaining that right, but does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it actually makes perfect sense because, yeah, we are all taught that you are the lone fish in the pond, you know. it's It makes sense to want to bring those around you up, you know, because think about this. The more people are successful, it is just going to be a better place all around. You know, and by that, I mean, like, you know, help each other to achieve it, you know, either your family or people around you, you know, if you are an influencer and you see a new person starting out, like, let's look at Twitch, right? And you, you're just starting out, you know, you get two viewers, you know, every night Mm -hmm. and then in comes a streamer that gets like 10,000 viewers and they raid you and they stay in chat and then you have 5,000 for the rest of the night, mm-hmm. right? And this person who's successful comes in and starts helping, you know, the little fish out, mm-hmm. right? By constantly raiding, making it more like, making it more known. And these guys now going from like three viewers are now constantly sitting at like, 200 Mm -hmm. it's a small little step towards success for them granted you know their vision of success might be if they had like thousands of viewers but it's still a win yeah and i think a lot of people don't realize that you know they think they have to reach the top to be successful but as long as one you're happy what you're doing two it's 
anything is better than where you started mm -hmm. when it comes to that. And, you know, if you went from five viewers to a hundred viewers over the span of a year, like that's a success. You know, you don't need to reach the top to think you win. You have to just keep doing it, keep doing what you like. And it's that success, you know, help others out because it's just going to help more people and more people. And it's like kind of this like wave where everyone just kind of gets pulled up in the end. Yeah. And it is interesting that other cultures believe that where versus here where it's you against the world. And granted competition does breed innovation, but when it becomes to the point where it's toxic to people's, you know, persona, it's, it's bad. It's yeah. no way you could be successful if you're just being a toxic human being. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's sad, but you see it a lot. It's, it's wild. Yeah. I would say healthy competition is good, right? It's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Like, and the idea behind that too, like for instance, with the Twitch streams, right? So let's say you are a big Twitch streamer and you go and help out a smaller channel. Well, that smaller channel is now going to gain more popularity. They might up their prediction value. They might do something different that you didn't see that is doing very well, right? So that's going to push you to want to change the way you do things. And then mm -hmm. your channel is going to continue to grow and just be more innovative. And then that's going to push the other channels to be more innovative. And you just kind of pay it forward that way, where I feel like if you like the whole idea of like hiding trade secrets and like hiding the your success model and all that stuff, I think it's kind of foolish because if you share those things and other people emulate it and they are successful with it too, that's going to push you to be more innovative in the way that you do your things. And then that's going to push the next person, which is going to then push you even further. So like you're trying to get the best out of what you're doing at all times. And I think that's a really great success model to have to just be able to put out the best quality content that you possibly can. And I think that's one of the things that we really like to do here too. Like if anybody ever asks us online, like, oh, you know, what mics are you using? What editing software? How do you do this? Like we share that stuff right away. Like I've shared the process with how I edit mm -hmm. these, these episodes with a lot of people already. And I'm doing that because I want them to do it and then show me a different way of doing it so that I can continue to get better. And then we can keep sharing those things with one another and keep pushing each other up to higher levels to just put out the best quality content that we possibly can. Like, I think that's so crucial. And I think that is a much better success model to have, in my opinion. I think so, too. It's, yeah, more people, I think, need to do that. Because it's like, for me, like, if they like our podcast and they want to do something like that themselves, why not help people out? Exactly. You know, it's only going to be good because in the end we all help each other and like at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's going to do it for us this week, but what is your version of success? We want to know what, what do you view as the most important thing in your life now? And this might be a really good thought experiment. So write down what your version of success is today. And then next year, read that and see if your, your idea of success still lines up. If it does, that's fine. Keep pushing for it, right? If it doesn't, 
reflect on what changes happened in your life to lead you to change your view of success. And do you feel like it's a healthy change, right? So like, because it's a constant evolving battle for everybody. But I think that would be really interesting. And I'm going to do it too, because I'm kind of curious now to see what, how things have changed for myself over the years. So, but I don't know. I think it could be kind of fun. Anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. We hope you all enjoyed this little conversation, conversation <laughs> as we dive into <laughs> the world of success and what it actually means to you. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening in and catch us next week with our next set of moral and ethical dilemmas that we will be delivering to you. Uh, until then, uh, bye. Peace.